The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Lisa Pressman. My first book, The Five Principles of Parenting, Your Essential Guide to Raising Good Humans, is out now. In this book, I've wanted to quiet all the noise that's out there and distill the science into five core principles. And using those principles, you can solve absolutely any parenting challenge, giving you the confidence to raise good humans. Order now and give yourself a little bit of ease. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. I appreciate you taking the time to do this so much. I can't even tell you. Well, you're juggling so much. You've had your jewelry company for so long and it's just grown and grown and grown. And I I guess first I want to just ask what a day looks like for you right now, like running a business, being a mom, if you can just take me through like what a typical day in your life looks like. I would say Things always change mm-hmm. all the time, but a very typical day is probably wake up around six in the morning and on your own or with an alarm clock. On my own, it's so annoying. It's, so it's like annoying. I would be so happy. It doesn't matter what time I go to bed. I mean, I am like six, six thirty. My eyes are open. I'm like wide awake. I would be so excited if I could sleep in in the morning. You have no idea, but it doesn't quite work like that. So I wake up around 6 or 6.30. I am just embarrassed to say. No, I don't. get on my phone. Tell the I, full truth. You know, we want to know on, the truth. <laughs> I get on my phone. I go through my text messages. I go through my emails. I try and respond as quickly as I can to what I can respond to. Mm-hmm. I look at Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's really just not the way to start. But there, by the way, there are mornings where I open my eyes and I'm like, it's time for a five minute meditation. Uh-huh. I was super stressed out yesterday. I don't want to like go into the next day like that. So I will do that too. Uh-huh. Good five minute meditation and just center myself and be like, we are not getting overwhelmed or having anxiety today. So anyway, 6, 6.30, emails, texts, Instagram, go make my coffee. I make a decaf coffee every morning. Okay. Decaf, I know it's controversial, but decaf is my thing because I used to have very bad panic attacks in my life. We could go back to that, but I had really, really, really horrible panic attacks. Yeah. And a doctor said, you cannot start your day with caffeine mm-hmm. if you have panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Like it is a definite no. And it really helped me. So I have my decaf. I take my kids to school. We leave at eight in the morning, mm-hmm. take them to school. I love that time with them. Like a good 20 minutes in the car of either it's like listening to music and they're telling me, you know, what's new, what's cool. I'm feeling like, you know, with it a little bit. Yeah. Slash and, really old. <laughs> yeah, time. exactly. Very. <laughs> or they're or they're asking me for advice or telling me what's going on. So it's, it's kind of sacred time to me. Mm-hmm. And now the last couple of years, the minute I drop them off, I go straight to my workout at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't 
get that time in. I'm not the kind of person that's like at four o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon, like, oh, I've got to get a workout in. That does not work for me. And I just feel so much better really mentally mm-hmm. when I do it. Mm-hmm. What kind of workout do you do? I do Tracy Anderson. Amazing. And when I'm driving there, yeah, that no. half hour is like very crucial for me in the car. Either I'm calling my friends and catching up or I'm doing work calls or whatever. That's like a very sacred 30 minutes to me. Mm-hmm. I go there for an hour and then usually my first thing is either at 10 on the phone or it's 1030 or mm-hmm. 11 between that time. Like Light, I rush home. I take a quick shower because you are super sweaty after that workout, which I love. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the workday begins at 10. And whether it's meetings or lunches or the office or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And six o'clock, you know, the kids are home and dinner's happening and life is happening. And that's it. And that's it. the nights yeah. that I can stay home, I am so happy. Mm-hmm. I just, hang out or I try not to like always catch up on work stuff Mm -hmm. at night but I do I know I'm the same Um, I get like I get like a burst of energy at like seven eight o'clock I feel like it's almost I put sunny down and my brain has opened up almost you know like my there's like all these worries that have just like gone away and I can like think clearly and think about what I want to get done. And so those hours can be actually really nice. Like those well, people aren't texting as much. Exactly. As much. exactly. You know, they, like the emails aren't coming in nonstop. So you feel like a little less crazy or, you know, I go to dinner. Or, yeah. You know, a work dinner or dinner with my friends or mm-hmm. boyfriend or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. totally. Okay, so let's go let's go back to the start. I think it will be interesting for everybody to hear how you began. You know, because right. your your collection is it's been around for so long now and everyone wears it. And I think that it's important to hear just like the founder story. Like what was that aha moment for you where you were like, I need to start my own thing and do this? I had been working. I somehow at 21 years old became the West Coast beauty fitness editor of Glamour magazine. Amazing. I beauty fitness. Yeah. Yes. Don't ask. <laughs> By the so way, I knew nothing about beauty. Uh-huh. I knew nothing about fitness and I knew nothing about magazines, but I really like somehow got myself into that room and faked my way through the interview and they hired me. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And then from there, I did PR, fashion PR for Giorgio Armani and Ralph Lauren. Mm -hmm. And at the time, my boyfriend was super successful and he was working his ass off. And I was really in this in this like limbo of like, how what do I what do I really want to do? What do I want to do? And he is the one who said to me, what is your dream? Mm -hmm. Everybody has a secret dream of what they want to do. And we're too scared to say it. I was like, I don't know. He goes, what is it? You want to work for NASA? You want to be an actress? You want to be a writer? You want to be a designer? What is it? Like, you want to be a doctor? You have, you can do anything you want to do. What is it? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I want to be a jewelry designer. I want to design jewelry. He was like, well, that doesn't seem too difficult. I was like, well, I have no clue how to do it. I not gone to school for design. I didn't go to school for business. I had no clue. He's mm-hmm. like, just... You can figure, Just figure out. it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hit the said, ground it, running. Yeah. There's like a Star Wars quote. Do or do not. There is no try. Like mm-hmm. do something. Don't just when you're like, I'm going to try. When we say that, we probably don't do it. When it's, you're like, I'm going to do this. 
That's so true. So, my therapist always says to me, like an object in motion stays in motion, an object at rest stays at rest. When I'm talking, and it's like all about if you are trying to do something, if you have a goal, if you have a dream, like it's not enough just to think about it and daydream about it. Like you actually have to physically do something about it. I love that. Yeah. It's true. So physically, I started driving downtown or driving through Culver City or Beverly Hills, and it, it, it said jeweler on the door. I went in, I get, I allocated myself. I had saved a little bit of money mm-hmm. and I had this idea for a leap. And some jewelers were like, sorry, we can't do that. And then some were like, you know, okay, here's how much the mold will be. I'm like, what the hell is a mold? I have no <laughs> clue. I didn't know there was a price of gold. I didn't know about diamonds. I knew nothing. And I taught myself one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got my first pieces and it's sort of, began from there from there I mean that's what's it's so amazing I think that you were one of the first brands that really solidified like how important press and marketing is and how having the right brand story and having the right people wearing it can really tell a brand story you know and it's not like it's so I'm I'm not meaning it like from a calculated way but I'm meaning from like having empowering women who are doing amazing things in their field, like these women as status symbols, having them wear this leaf was what inevitably like helped blow up the whole business, right? Well, it's really interesting that you say that because when I started, Instagram didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So just to what is your brand look like that those weren't words that were ever used. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is the brand story? Mm-hmm, None of that. Mm-hmm. What, what celebrities are you going to get it on? Like that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And thank God for me that that didn't exist because I don't know how people are really starting companies right now. It's there's so much pressure. I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I love seeing all the new companies, but there's so much pressure on people and the where, where they're starting because it's like, what does it look like? What's the feel? It's What's like a whole formula. It feels like there's a whole formula that everybody needs to follow and then to go do the rounds of funding and to build the yeah. deck and to, it's so much, but and it doesn't you, have to be, right? It doesn't have to be. And it's almost like you're not, you're, you're not letting your brand evolve. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to have the full story before the story is even being told. It's, it's like so when true. you're reading a book, it's like chapter after chapter, right? And it's, it's adding on to the story. So for me, I didn't, I didn't start thinking, I'm going to build this company. Mm-hmm. I started with, I really want to make a piece of jewelry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that leaf became leaf mania. Mm-hmm. And it's still a hugely successful piece in my, in my line. But then you still got to make things that people love of course. and that people want to buy. Of and course. that's the way you're going to have a company. You can't be a one hit wonder. You're not going to be successful being a one hit wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to keep adding on because mm-hmm. people will have owned whatever that one hit is. Totally. So my brand really evolved very slowly. Mm-hmm. And the slow and steady wins the race. You it's know? so true. It's so true. I think that we are all like looking for these like quick successes. Now everyone's like, we're going to let's, this one was going to sell in two years when we launched it a year ago. And, you know, there's like this whole strategy just to launch something and sell it. And I think that there's so much power in what you're saying that 
it was just something like organic that you loved and there was a story behind it and you didn't have this whole like this whole business plan, which I think is very, very intimidating for people. And there's a lot of like young female entrepreneurs that listen to this that are like, I don't have that. I don't have any money to start it. I don't, maybe they don't live in Los Angeles and can't get to like the jewelers or have the access to these places. Like, what would you say to some of those, you know, entrepreneurs starting out that have an idea? Like what would be some of your biggest tips for them? Well, I mean, number one, doing something that you love. If you're starting a brand and you really believe in your product mm-hmm. and you really believe in your brand and you use it or wear it or whatever it is, then there's the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Because you're selling people the truth. You're selling people what you really believe in. And I think our audience is smart and they're savvy mm-hmm. and they are they know what they're buying. and they can feel when you're invested. Mm -hmm. And now people are in such a great space that they do have email. They do have Instagram. They can DM someone in two seconds, Mm -hmm. right? I think like utilize all of that. Mm -hmm. When I, when, when I started my brand and I, I wanted to get into Barney's period, the end. That was where I wanted to be. I had no clue how to get into Barney's. There was that was the fashion mecca, right? Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. remember of there was course. no better place than Barney. The best. I miss it every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the time. So I wanted to get into Barney's. What did I do? I asked every single person that I met. Mm-hmm. It did not matter. Do you know anyone who works at Barney's? I have a few pieces of jewelry I want to share to show them. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I know a sales girl. I know this. I'm like, I need someone you know, who, who actually buys the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Randomly. I mean, months went by randomly i said it to a random friend who was like oh actually my girlfriend works in the offices she's going to be in town next week and maybe she wants to see her jewelry at the time her name was julie gilhart i had no idea that she ran barney's (laughs) and i went to go thank god i didn't know i would have been so scared (laughs) i brought Five pieces in Ziploc baggies so they wouldn't tangle. I met her at Barney's at the restaurant on the top, Barney's Uh Greengrass, and showed her the pieces. And she was like, yeah, we, you know, we like these. And a few weeks later called me and I was like, we want to do a buy and see how it goes. And was that like the most fulfilling, gratifying moment ever? Like, I remember when we've got it, I think it was Nordstrom's when my line got like a big order from Nordstrom's. I just, I felt initially so validated, but then I was like, this, this, this isn't what should validate us, you know, but it is so, it's, it's such a huge thing when someone else can feel what you've put into something. But there is validation to it because it's like you worked so hard to make something special, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And then when people in the outside world who are respected are acknowledging it, Mm -hmm. I think like, you know, we all, and I do this too, it's like, we don't really want to take credit or be like, I know this is so amazing or Mm -hmm. look how, I can't believe I did it. Mm -hmm. Or, and, and I think that, we we have to all 
be able, and I have to, I have to learn this too, but mm-hmm. we all have to be able to be proud of ourselves. Uh-huh, you're right. We all have to be able to be like, yeah, I fucking did that. Mm-hmm. Like I created that. Like mm-hmm. I made that happen, you know? And by the way, my company now, I have the greatest team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Caitlin has been with me for 14 years. Sid, who's your best friend, who I don't know what I would do without. Mm-hmm. It's like, the, and so many other of, of amazing people that work with me. And I could not now do it without them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I started this company. I had this idea. And then you get to have amazing people that work with you who helped you who help you build on this idea. And now like the way it is with press and the way it is with Instagram and all these things I haven't even. I'm like, how do you even balance continuing to design what you love and what you feel passionate versus what you feel like the customer wants or what like your team is telling you the market wants? Like, how do you deal with that balance? Well, I will say this, that when people are starting companies and they say to me, Jen, how many people do I need to hire? I'm like, when you start making money, you'll just hire one person and then another. I started alone. Mm-hmm. I was doing every invoice alone, the Fenexing alone. I did everything alone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So then you get to hire one person and mm-hmm. then another and do, you know, that's the dream mm-hmm. to keep on building onto your team. Totally. Well, I number one, hire people that are smarter than me <laughs> because I want to surround myself with people that are smarter than me and who know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I do that. Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of people in my, in my company who are smarter than me at what they do. Totally. You know, be smarter at me at, you know, dealing with this or the web or accounts. Right. There's so many different facets to the company. Right. And at the, in the end, at the end of the day, yes, it's my company. Yes. I'm CEO of the company. Yes. I design. Yes. I do a little bit of everything, but I couldn't do it without the support that I'm given at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. And I, and I do listen to them mm-hmm. and I, you know, almost always try and take their advice and do what they're saying. If there's something that I feel strongly about that I'm against, like, of course they go with that, but of course. you know, they have strong voices and I need their their input. Right. You know? Right. Well, it's so important to like not have an ego when you're running a company. And I can see that you definitely don't have one. But I also can sense something in you like you you have this innate confidence about you that I'm wondering if you've always had or if you have like picked up more and more confidence as, as you've gotten older. Because you say when you were in your 20s, you were hustling and networking and talking to people and asking anyone. And I feel like that takes a huge amount of confidence. Like I can't even really do that for myself now because I don't know whether it's confidence or it's not in my nature, but I'm just, you You just strike me as someone who has such confidence and I always want to like suck it out of people. <laughs> That's very sweet. Thank you. I mean, you know, it's funny. I always, I always in my life believed that failing wasn't going to ever happen. Uh-huh. Like it was, it wasn't I never an option let for it. You. Yeah, it wasn't, but it never even seeped into me. Like mm-hmm. you just keep going, you mm-hmm. just keep working, you mm-hmm. just keep building. You know, at starting at 14 years old, there was never a summer I didn't have a job. My parents were always like, you know, my dad was always like, I know we have a nice house and we've got money and whatever, but this is mine. Mm-hmm. You here. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to like really get your own thing going too. And he always taught me that 
nothing is more important than street smart. Mm -hmm. Nothing is more important than how you are with people Mm -hmm. and how you relate to people and connect to people and listen to people and give advice. Like that, that will take you further than any degree. So true. You know, Mm -hmm. and that will, that will serve you in every aspect of your life. So by the way, I am confident. And I also have days where I can be so insecure and you're human. Yeah. We all have those days, but I think that we energetically, we create what we keep thinking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we keep thinking about what, what can go bad, guess what? Something's probably not going to go right. You know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I always say to my kids, I'm just like, they're like, what if this, what if that? And I'm like, yeah, what if there's a great quote somewhere? I mean, I wish I thought of it. It's like, what if everything goes wrong? Right. But what if everything goes right? That's so true. I also say to my kids all the time, like, again, I didn't make this up, but I don't know where it came from, probably Buddha or something, but I love it. It's like, Worrying is like walking around with an umbrella waiting for it to rain. Mm -hmm. There is no point. Mm -hmm. There is zero point. And I think that if we try and, you know, block out the negativity as best we can, Mm -hmm. you're sort of confident that like you got this. Yeah. You know, it's so true. And I definitely don't got it every day. No, none of us do. I think for me, it's so weird because I and not that this podcast is about me, but like, I love it's just, about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I I like you. I grew up here in LA and <clears throat> I just feel like sometimes I care too much about what this like circle in LA what what they think of or what they're saying about me or what it's so it's so weird I'm very much about putting good energy out there and I believe in myself I really do believe in myself and believe that I can like do great things but I need to overcome this like caring what other people think about me and I feel like as someone in this industry in Los Angeles do you ever deal with that? Do you care? How have you just like, or have you just been able to like keep your blinders on, mm-hmm. do what you do and not care? Or is it a mix of both? <laughs> it's a mix. I mean, first of all, we have to remember like, if we don't believe in ourselves, why should anybody else believe in us? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we got to start with ourselves. We got to really do that work where it's like, I believe in me, so you should believe in me. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And And I know as a friend, as a mom, as a partner, we always are like, I will, I will believe in you till you believe in yourself, but it's not always easy to find that energy, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I also think that people are scared to say what you just said. Mm -hmm. You know, people are scared to talk about their insecurities. And yeah, LA, I, you know, born and raised here also, and I love LA. Mm -hmm. I have found the greatest friends of all time who love me unconditionally and my mm-hmm. whole family's here. Like I had found amazing people in LA and people always are like, oh, I don't know the people in LA. I'm like, I mean, I can give you, you know, 50 people in two seconds that are like, that would be there for you that. in a second. Yeah. There for you in a second. But I think that, yeah, whether you live in LA or probably anywhere in the world, yeah, be, we're all trying to, 
fit in in some way. We all, you know, I I joke where I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to come, but please don't stop inviting me. You know, we all want to feel, we all want to feel invited. We all want to feel included. We all want to feel wanted. You know, there's always going to be somebody who's more successful, mm-hmm. who's younger, who's prettier, mm-hmm. who has this, who has that, what you want. what it's. There's no world where or no city or no country where somebody's not going to experience that, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but finding your space and your peace of mind and the few people that you can deeply trust Mm -hmm. that make you feel good, Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And when you're going to those parties or you're going somewhere or you're with groups of people, bring your safe person, Yeah, you know, bring your safe person because everybody else, I'm almost positive, is feeling some sort of insecurity too. I know. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. And it's like everything that you're saying to me, I say to myself on a daily basis, but then I'll have these kinds of conversations with women like you who I like look up to and I I just have to be honest about how I I do get insecure and I don't know why I'm feeling that way because It's like, I mean, something to talk about with my therapist, obviously, because it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's just. Well, you're human. You're human. And we're all human. And it is actually, I think that talking about our insecurities and talking about going to a party and feeling shitty or whatever it is, I actually Mm -hmm. think that that helps people. And Mm -hmm. people know that like, there's people like, like us, like you, that don't always feel great. Even Mm -hmm. though for me outside, like you're so beautiful, you're so successful, you have a happy marriage, you have an amazing son, like you have an amazing, you know, clothing line Mm -hmm. and podcast. Like, what is she worried about? (laughs) Right? What, what is she insecure about? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we all, it doesn't matter. Like we're all human beings living human experiences. Mm -hmm. So true. We're all insecure. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. I know. It's also about just not giving so much energy to that. Like when the mind starts to spiral to be aware that it's doing that and try to tell yourself of the things that are real and are true and that you know about yourself, you know? Okay. Let's get back into, were there any mentors or idols that you looked up to when you were starting or any that you look up to now? I mean, there's so many people that I look up to. I mean, I look up to my parents yeah. who were always like, you know, self-made and successful. I looked up to my ex-husband who came from nothing and self-made and super successful. And I mm-hmm. have so many friends that, you know, literally came from nothing and mm-hmm. just have built these incredible empires for themselves. Mm-hmm. One of my mentors is Diane von Furstenberg. She's been incredible for me Amazing. and to me and giving such great insight and such great advice and, you know, 50 years of success. And yeah. that's just she was Amazing. my first fashion job in New York. That's what I, I went to New York to film the city and I went and worked in Diane von Furstenberg in her, in her office. And she was just the best. Like every second you were with her, you just wanted to like soak it all up. She just had Everything. the most amazing, like that, like divine female yeah. energy that you just want to pull in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She was, she's fantastic. But mm-hmm. there's, I mean, there's yes, so many. Like, I'm trying, any, anyone who 
has a smile on their face mm-hmm. and seems like a happy person, I want advice from them. Yeah. Whether they are super successful monetarily or not, like my That's idea right. of success is like a day of no anxiety, not being sad about anything, just feeling like calm and happy. Like yeah. that is success to me. Yeah, yeah. You spoke earlier a little bit about panic attacks. Were those something that you were primarily having when you were younger or is that still something that you're dealing with? I had them. They started coming on in my late 20s uh-huh. out of nowhere. And when a panic attack happens and you don't know that you're having a panic attack, you think you're dying. You're, you think, for sure, I'm having a heart attack. For sure, take me to the emergency yeah, room. And the whole, I pray you never do. And the whole world stops. And, and they come out of, when I tell you they come out of nowhere, you can be sitting, having the best day. Everything is great. Surrounded by people you love. No insecurities. Everything is amazing. And all of a sudden, you're like, I can't breathe. Oh, my God. And it for a couple of years, they took over my life. I, I had never taken drugs in my life. I had never taken a pill in my life. I had never done anything. I barely drank. And it was like I couldn't leave the house without medication at some point because if the panic attack was too bad, I was paralyzed on the side of the road. So, and oh my God. it was terrible. And I feel so so deeply for people that suffer from panic attacks because it is it is real. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, I had four panic attacks in the beginning of my pregnancy. And obviously you can't take medication when you're pregnant. Right. And on my fourth panic attack, it was such a bad one. I was sitting, I was in New York and I had to pregnant sit in the middle of the sidewalk And I remember I was wearing a skirt and my legs were across. And I was just thinking like, this panic attack is so bad. I cannot move. But also like my ass. Who's seeing my ass? Like touching like the sidewalk in New York. Like this is so bad. I did not know what to do. (laughs) And it was really bad. (laughs) It was a really low moment. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I was like, okay, I've got to get my shit together. Because I'm a mom. Yeah. And I've got to figure this out. And something sort of switched in me where I know now if they can come or why they're coming or when they're coming. And I'm able to really walk myself through it. Uh huh. But they're debilitating and they're scary. And I think when you're predisposed to sort of panic attacks, you you also have this ability to like take on emotion really deeply. Uh-huh. So that happens to me now uh-huh. when something little happens. You it's take very it all big. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very big to me. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time being like, that's no big deal. Let's, that'll work itself out. I'm like really in the moment and cannot sort of move forward until whatever situation it is, is worked out. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll give you an example. If somebody says to me, like, we need to talk, I'll call you later. Oh, no, we fucking will not talk later. You will pick up the phone and you will call me right now because if you are calling me later, I might as well cancel my fire day. Literally, I might as well just jump off a cliff. Right, forget it. 
The day is a wash. <laughs> wash. Like I'm not going to be. Wash. Oh my god. So when you were going through these, like, and then as as you were learning to cope with them and walk yourself through them, did anybody try to identify them as like environmental or something that was just in your nature? Or was there anything that you could like pin it to? Or is this just something that, yeah, that happens? Nobody, nobody in the beginning for for t- 10 years could figure nobody it out. got there with me. Therapy, nothing. And then it dawned on me that when I started dating my ex-husband, he was very well known mm-hmm. and I was not known at all. Mm-hmm. And our lives became very public at the time. Mm-hmm. And there was no Instagram, but it was all about a million paparazzi and people that were very invasive. And, you know, it was all about us, us weekly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, those days. I remember that. Right. Yeah. And for me, I realized that my life felt very exposed Mm -hmm. and I was really overwhelmed by it and miserable by it and I hated it so much Mm. at the same time I was really proud of him and he was amazing but and no one was better when I was having a panic attack than my ex-husband nobody Mm -hmm. he was walk me through it every time but at the time I felt like I think that that all those shifts in my life where it's somebody from the outside be like, why would she complain? Look at her life. It's so amazing. She's got nothing to complain about. Mm -hmm. And I was dying. I couldn't leave the house. I was scared to leave the house because I was scared I was going to get a panic attack. I just wanted to be home if I had my panic attack. Like, Mm -hmm. I just think my life became a different life. And then when you start having panic attacks, it doesn't matter what life you're living. Those panic attacks just like, they come on like a monster. Uh Yeah. Uh You're like, what? What's happening? Okay. So now when they come, they don't come as much, but when they come, you feel like you're able to like talk yourself through them most of the time, like work through them. Yeah. You got to, you really got to do it before they come on. The moment my body feels funny, Mm -hmm. I know how to, you know, control it Mm -hmm. or make a phone call, Mm -hmm. start talking it out. Breathing exercises. Yeah. All of your things. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't even work. No, I'm all for breathing <laughs> exercises, but at that point, like those breathing exercises Aren't are gonna, out the window. Yeah. For me. Yeah. For me. For you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're not focusing on in for five, out for five. You're not. No. You know? I wish. No, 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 no. So, okay. Tell me now what is, what's happening with Jen Meyer at the moment? Like, obviously there's been such an evolution but how are you just like continually keeping things fresh and like trying to, I mean, not reinvent yourself, but I always felt like when I had a clothing line each season, I was trying to like reinvent myself or think of something new. So what's going on in your world around that right now? Well, luckily I don't do seasons because I know that feeling of like trying to come up with something new every season. And that would be really challenging for me. Mm -hmm. And I think when I, created, you know, started making my pieces and started designing my pieces. I really wanted to design pieces that you could wear morning through night Mm -hmm. that you just loved that were timeless, that you wouldn't look in your jewelry box in 10 years and be like, why did I invest in that? Mm -hmm. I want Mm -hmm. you to keep wearing it, wearing it, wearing it. So 
I'm constantly designing, constantly adding on to the line, constantly like, you know, coming up with new ideas, but that are really part of this story. Yes. We last year launched a perfume. So I got to have my Jennifer Meyer scent. I have it. It smells so good. It's so good. Thank you. It really is the L.A. Beach girl. It so. is. It is. Yeah. It's like an ele- that elevated beach vibe. Totally. And I, so I really wanted to do that. And we did the candle. Candle's we did so beautiful. the hand cream. Thank you. The rollerball, the perfume. And the perfume really is that feeling like you've been on the beach all day. You sort of smell like coconuts and strawberries and sunscreen oil and yeah all All the the good stuff totally exactly totally Mm -hmm. so that's so great like do you think that you'll continue to go into that lifestyle arena and to like different products or you're kind of keeping it small for now you know I love what I'm doing for now we'll see I'm always open to all all things but Mm -hmm. jewelry is where my heart is Mm -hmm. and designing fine jewelry and I really love it I always say that like when when I would look think about my mom from when I was a kid, mm-hmm. she always had the perfect watch mm-hmm. on, one gold bracelet that she wore. You know, there were, it mixed between two different necklaces and a great pair of hoop earrings, and she always looked like perfect and classic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I also remember her smell. Mm-hmm. So smell and jewelry to me just goes hand in hand. Like you look at someone, you're like, oh, she oh she that she loved that necklace. She's always in that necklace, and like. There's so much nostalgia. There is. There's so much nostalgia. Perfect word. Yeah. When you said that, it took me back to my mom's little heart earrings. I remember her always wearing and her like small gold Cartier watch that I think my dad was one of her first presents from my dad that she wore and still wears. You're so right. Like we can envision those those pieces that bring so much comfort to us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, But that's the thing. Everything is all interconnected. And my, you can ask any of my friends, like starting at 16 years old in my car, I was spraying bath and body works and (laughs) everything had to be a delicious smell. So I'm all about, I needed that smell for my house. I needed it for my body. Uh The hand and body cream is like, I'm all about being moisturized Uh and not having dried skin. So I developed like that perfect feel of this hand and body cream. Yeah. I love doing it. I really love doing it. Okay, good. Tell me now a few things you're using. Like one, your skin looks amazing. What kind of moisturizer or is there a CC cream or something going on? Or is that just your skin? Thank you. (laughs) That's very sweet. There's, There's a few things that I love. I mean, for my body, there's this this salt scrub called Sea in the Moon. It's like a sugar salt scrub, okay. Sea in the Moon. It is the best body scrub on the planet. I need I a body cannot, scrub. Yes, you. I'm going to send you one. You are going to please die don't. for it. Yes. No, it's the best in it. Like it has like an oil in it. So it, like it's all the dead skin off, but like Ooh. makes your feel really moisturized. And Ooh. so I'm obsessed with that for my body. Okay. I'm obsessed with You Beauty, their face moisturizer. It's the greatest face moisturizer. I love it. It's so good. I love the Barbasterm, the Hyaluronic Serum. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Is it skin cuticles? Yeah. Yeah. Your your vitamin C serum is top notch. Very good. That smells like bacon. I always say, I'm like, what is this bacony smell? Like hot doggy, bacony, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, you're right. I know. Uh, You'll smell it next time. It's like a smoky piece of bacon. Yeah. 
You'll, okay. you'll never not think about there we it go. now. I don't want to like eat in it. Yeah. So, you know, and then. What shampoo and conditioner? Your hair is, I'm like so envious of everybody's hair right now. I mean, I am obsessed with Lola B. Lola truly. B. By the way, I also use the goop, the, the, the face oil is like sick. It's really, so good. Mm-hmm, so good. Really good face oil. I love Jen's brand, Lola B. Okay. It's incredible. I've I mean, heard a lot really, about that lately. It's a really, really good one. So okay. I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with that one at the moment. Okay. Yay. Tell everybody where they can find you and your jewelry line. You can find me. I mean, you know, Jen Meyer jewelry on Instagram <laughs> or jennifermeyer.com. They need that's, to know. They need to. That's ha- where I'm at. You need to yeah, spell it out for I'm them. <laughs> okay. Amazing. That is where I am at right now. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this again. Oh my God. Thank you for having me and making it work. I'm excited that you. it happened. Me too. And let's all hang out soon. I know. I would love that. I really would. Okay, great. I'll talk I'm to gonna Sid. I'm going to make a dinner. Okay, good. All right. Talk to you, to you later. soon. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.